absolute classic sports song that is up there with Go Cubs Go, but does not have the postseason magic of Go Cubs Co. But this is not a baseball pod. It is certainly not a hockey pod. If you've been following Steve on Twitter, it is just a bit. I was a little heartbroken finding out almost like Santa Claus is not real like a little kid, but we'll get to that later. But welcome back to another episode of the most unified NBA pod in bringing down heat culture, I hope. We're about to find out, but it is the Hoop Fiends. We're also the hardest working NBA pod that there is and you're smack dab in the middle of our busy season. So much always going on, but we have the three of us together for the first time in a bit after doing some one-off episodes with Steve. We've had Corey on. We've had some great guests. Jake G League, shout out. Everyone's been hopping on. We've done many eulogies. We've kind of put the Knicks to rest before they even had a chance to make a comeback. And many times we set up Riley with some bad Celtics luck, but not today. We spared him and did not record. We're going to get to all that fun of Game 7 just a bit but off mic, I did say that I had a big question to start off the pod with. I want to get into this. Steven, Knicks are out. Warriors are out. Before we carry on to talk about any more of these teams, is there any version of yourself that's rooting for the Miami Heat a little bit the rest of the way? I mean, it's always going to be in me. It's always a little bit uh, part of it inside me that loves heat. Oh. And will be rooting for heat. There's, there's heat culture coursing through his veins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, this guy stinks. I do, I do have a specific feeling about that series, though, that I will save for when we talk about it. All right. Well, there's going to be a lot to dive into that one, but I think right here first, it would only feel right if you could do one last proper eulogy to, the, to this next season. And since, honestly, there's been a podcast put out, I feel like a lot's happened with this team. But, Steve, where should we kick off in the Knicks? What's there to say? What, what was your big Game 6 takeaway? I don't know, dude. I don't know if I even have that much more to say than we've already said about it. When they were down 3-1, kind of pretty much said at, at that point the season was probably over. Um, I mean, Jalen Brunson is better than I could have even thought and said a week ago. Like, he is just that yeah. good. Um, I feel how I feel about RJ and Julius. I'm not going to change that just because we lost. I still feel like there's only so much we could do. People want to get rid of them, sure. Tell me what's the better alternative. If you tell me there's a better alternative, that's fine. But right now, they're all we have. This is the most successful season we've had in a decade. I just don't understand why we have to be so negative. I'm kind of right there with you because I kind of walked away just feeling like I kind of got caught up in it all. I felt like we kind of all might have when we were like like almost like younger kids with sports. I kind of talked myself into game six and like the future, even though I was pretty down on it. But like we came out hot. Um, obviously winning game five, I was like, no way. All right, let's win down in Miami and come back to the garden for seven. So game five really just kind of messed with me. And when they lost, I kind of felt like how uh, when like the Mets lost in the 2006 NLCS, I like, I was like going to cry. I was like pissed and just upset. So we got so close and we're right there. But I think uh, the signs that I was reverting back to being a man child and getting emotional about sports are a sign that I completely agree with what you're just saying, where, this is our best season. It's so long, and it did feel good. I don't have this rage about um, about Julius. I kind of am, like, really done with RJ and feel upset with him, but it's kind of mostly just because of game six. He did play all right the rest of the way, but nothing spectacular. But I kind of agree with you. What else, what else do we expect? Yeah, I mean, we made it far, just as far as we would have thought. Heading into the postseason, obviously we got a dream matchup with the Heat. We all talked ourselves into it. But right. I mean, there's, I, there's just nothing that, like, 
I saw, yeah, obviously Julius had a tough series. Yeah, RJ had some bad games. But, I don't know, they're just not meant to be, like, the second best player on a championship team and the third best player on a championship team. They're not that good. And I just don't know what people expect. Yeah, like, if you can tell me we can trade for Joel Embiid, which we'll get into later maybe, or bring in Jalen Brown or whoever, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'd love to bring in another superstar. But, like, as of right now, this is the best we're going to get. And if we just dump Julius Randle for nothing, we'll be idiots, we'll be morons. And I, I get it. 90% of the people feel that way. 90% of Knicks fans feel that way. I just disagree. And I, I mean, it honestly gets me fired up, and I don't like the mentality. Whatever you want to say about him, you can say about him. All I know is Jalen Brunson is one of the best players in the NBA and has a killer instinct. I'm so glad that he's going to be leading our team for the next whatever years. Yeah, he was absolutely incredible, like, this entire series. Um, I You know what's funny is, like, I – appreciated him last year in Dallas, but I didn't really think that highly of him. I thought he was just like a fairly decent uh, point guard who could help alleviate some of the offensive struggles on Luka. And I kind of thought a lot of his big uh, numbers and big moments were kind of made because of the offense, the defense of the other team being sucked away towards Luka. And he kind of be able to pick up against the scraps, but I mean, You've all, we've been watching Brunson the whole year, but this was everything on display. Like, he is as good as advertised. He is incredible. He he actually, like, he's better now than he was last year, obviously, undoubtedly. Um, and it's kind of a bummer that, like, he only didn't really start catching on until after the All-Star break because this guy's an absolute stud. He should be an All-Star next year. He's one of the best guards in the East. Um, and the fact that he was just out there playing, like, 43 minutes a game like they're like he's just like i need to sit down like i can't get it tips like no you got to get out there buddy <laughs> and like they were only good with him on the floor and like the second he got off the floor it was just like Disaster. an absolute calamity shit show but um yeah that was in key is awesome so like i'm yeah it's raw it sucks but at least you know that like you have at least one piece that is like right. all right like we have one guy that absolutely rocks as yeah. opposed to like Again, like, even, like, when Randall was there, like, the first time when they, they got, like, the four seat with Randall and RJ, I feel like a lot of the questions that people are having now were still prevalent. They were just a little bit quieter. But, like, no, no qualms with Brunson. I, don't, I can't imagine anyone has anything bad to say about him. No, not at all. And um, talking a little bit about qualms of those teams, Riley, do you have any, as kind of a little bit of an outside perspective, not a mega Knicks fan like Steve and I are, like, what do you feel like? Do you have any answers that might enlighten us since we're just kind of both stuck in the moment here for where this team could go? What would you in the GM office say? Yeah, Randall and like three picks for Towns. Why not? Let's just get it going. Let's get it moving. Oh, uh, Knicks fans would hate oh, that guy more than Randall. That's what it's yeah, like. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I it, It's interesting because I, I know there was a conversation a few weeks ago where maybe the New York Knicks – fixed basketball by not selling out for superstars <laughs> but that's right um, I, I i think i think this series kind of shows that like oh, maybe yeah. a little bit tough <laughs> i mean I, I i love quickly he's my favorite nick but oh I mean, that guy that guy absolutely was horrible this entire playoff unplayable yeah he was he was disgustingly bad obi again like whenever he had time and and there didn't really do all that great and grimes was okay but I think this kind of shows that the, they they just to this point they need to find a third piece that 
and kind of slot in with either RJ or Julius uh, being the, the fall guy for this. So it's a little bit more of a take your pick kind of situation. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, my heart would lean towards RJ cause he's a little bit younger. And I feel, I, again, I feel like he was actually pretty good against the Cleveland series in general. Um, I'd rather keep hanging on to him, but, but, um, I don't, I don't know if his ceiling's as high up as Randall is right now, but yeah, I, I, I would say that I, there probably needs to be some changes if this team's going to be any better than what it is right now. Um, and what those changes are, I think is it remains kind of a fun off season. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is a crew that you can kind of just run it back personally. And they're not. We so we already have Thibodeau out the door. Uh, Wait, Thibodeau. really? When did that happen? He was fired. No, not that I know. I don't think so. Wait, what? Report. <laughs> Unless you have some inside info that you're breaking right now. <laughs> I'm going to swallow the mic on this one. It could have been one of my sources that we haven't talked about on the show. I thought, I thought somewhere that he was let go. I was really confident about that, too. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think I saw, like, a <laughs> this busting basketball or, uh, like, ball sack sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was awesome. Well, we have, oh, we, have a, we have a moment for the highlight reel. So I did. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you go on, John, what what were your initial reactions when you saw that he was fired? <laughs> you know what's so hard? Just to go this bit for a moment. You know what's so sad? So I am at home. I did go home for Mother's Day. My mom is a big Knicks fan. I told her this yesterday. And she was like, no way. That's so soon after the playoffs. How could they? He's taken them to so many, you know, like greater places than they've been. I'm like, yeah, I can't believe it, mom. But anyway, excited to see who they hired. And he said, so, damn. So he stays with the team for now. Um, <laughs> he was fired and then rehired in my mind. Uh, well, my reaction was honestly, I was surprised that it was that quick when I first saw the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That that was a little bit shocking. I think to all we were all floored that it happened so quickly. I need help. <laughs> did you have a point you were making for that, or? Well, did I have a what? <laughs> I don't know. I, you, I thought you might have had a point about the direction we were going, but no. I, I mean, Monty Williams was fired. You can talk about that once we get over to the Suns. But no, for now, the staff remains the same. Um, I guess if they're gonna run it back. They're gonna. I I would like to see him not be fired personally. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it depends on who we're bringing in, right? I mean, what are we? What? what as much as I like. Like the idea of like Nick Nurse or Monty Williams or whatever. Is it really going to be or that? Doc Rivers? Definitely don't yeah. want Doc Rivers. That that's a no go. That's a no fly zone for me. Maybe yeah. that's what I saw. Maybe I was like, it was maybe like Nick's fanfic because Monty Williams was fired. Maybe I'm, I'm seeing some reading too deep into the comments, but I think that's all we have to say. About the New York Knicks. I could imagine a better note to end on with this Knicks season. <laughs> So why don't you go over and just take the reins on Celtics Sixers walking out of that series, Riley? Are you confident with this team facing the Miami Heat? Well, I, I think I would just first like to start um 
by requesting an apology from Steve. Um, again, like it, it's not it, it's not the same old Sixers, right? Because I mean, they they did give there was a little bit of a a sweat every now and again, but I think the entire second half is really the idea of like they finally reverted back to that same old team. Like after like this is supposed to be the team that's different. They're supposed to be aggressive. They're supposed to be like absolutely uh, smothering on defense. Um, they just completely folded and looked like they didn't even want to be there and gave up. And it was like, no, this is just the same team. They they have not fooled anybody. That this, this Sixers team is not going anywhere at all anytime soon. See, James Harden was out there just completely flailing around, doing God knows what. Joel Embiid – did not want did not want the basketball was doing everything he could to avoid to put himself in a position to lead um it was kind of embarrassing honestly and this is this is blasphemy this is crazy and i understand why you're coming in with this mentality um i will apologize for nothing i thought you were going to ask for an apology about jason tatum which i would have issued i think that's rightfully so because i was clowning him midway through game 6 um and he definitely uh righted the wrong there but i mean Third quarter, fourth quarter of game six, man. You guys were, like, on the brink of elimination from this godforsaken team that you are saying is awful. So, listen, I get it. I think they're pretty bad, too. But I don't think that's a boon on much to say what your Celtics are because there's an alternate reality where after that clear path foul, you guys are done. If one of those threes go in after that clear path foul, late in quarter four or whatever, you guys are going home to this awful team led by losers that you just brought up. So, be careful what you're saying because you went to seven against a team of losers. No, I'm not. Again, I'm not saying that they're a bad team by any means. What I what I'm saying is, I feel like I was hearing a lot that this team was something that was different, and they had a little more of a swagger to them that Boston just did not have, and Boston was playing a little bit too cowardly. Um, and it really seemed at the end that Philadelphia thought they ha- could have them on the ropes. And instead of trying to like step on their throats and really get it out of them, um, it, it they just didn't show up in game seven period. Like it seems they were still complaining about calls from game six and calls from game five. So um, I don't know. I don't know how they just didn't wake up at all for game seven. It was very, very, very surprising to me. It was well, weird. I, I kind of saw the life kind of just drained out of them after the right. threes in a row that Jason Tatum hit in game six. I felt it was over at that point. Um, I didn't think there was going to be a way they'd bounce back in game seven. It just didn't seem – it felt like to me – and I'm not on the team. And it felt like to me that was their one chance. They had it. It was right there for the taking. And Jason Tatum went out and fucking snatched it from them, took them out, took the life out of them, took everything by their grasp. And then at that point it was same old Doc Rivers, same old James Harden, same old Embiid. And I agree with you, that stuff all creeped back in. But there, it was right there. It was right there. And I – the signs of a different Sixers team were there. If one or two shots go a different way in game six, it would be a completely, completely different story. And I agree. The Celtics, they proved they were just the better team. They were the better team. They should have won the series. Um, but I disagree. I still think um, there was uh, different Sixers and a different Celtics team out there than a lot of people expected, which led to it going game to game seven. Um, ultimately, just the better team was able to win it. Yeah, I, I just don't understand how, if you're the Sixers, how you don't wake up and play aggressive in Game 7. They're 
I mean, their two best games were their this entire playoffs were their two wins in Boston, right? Game one with Harden and game five when they just laid the absolute smackdown. Um, so that's that's interesting to me that they just felt like oh that, well, that, just that, be- that that game seven Sixers team was the same old Sixers. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where it came from and it came back, it crawled back. But I just think for six games it wasn't as you could say what you want about James Harden, man as up and down as he was, but he won them two games as well. So it's, it's tough, yeah. but by the end of it, you were right. Ultimately the same old Sixers did come out. The same old Doc Rivers came out. The same old MB uh, yeah. came out. It turned into uh, just a shit show. And well, they, they just, the entire crew reverted back to their norms at the end, right? It's yeah. Doc Rivers complaining about calls yeah. and choking. Exactly. James Harden just chucking the ball up in the air <laughs> and turning it over. Crazy. Yeah. It's it, it's it's like, what happened? Like, if I think if I was a Sixers fan, I would just be pissed off. I'm like, I don't understand how you guys can just look like you like stepped stepped out of a time machine. It's like, it's, I don't I don't get it. But um, the whole series yeah. felt so drunk, right? It was ridiculous. The entire thing was horrible, and it was it was a rough rough week, honestly, to to deal with the whole thing. But um, I, I yeah, I mean, if we want to eulogize the Sixers a little bit more. I, I mean, James Harden was pretty good. Uh, he, he had a pretty good series, I would say. He had two games where he was absolutely incredible, a couple of games where he was not. <laughs> yeah, a couple of games where he not was really true. bad. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think he kind of showed still that he has enough juice in the tank left to give and contribute to a real team as uh, a number two option. So that that's good. Embiid again was incredible for games three, four, five, and six, and then I, I don't know what happened in the game seven. He was not good. Um, he he was having trouble the entire series closing out in the fourth quarter. He just was not scoring. I don't I don't get it. Um, Maxie's great, obviously, but uh, I don't really know any more to say. I'm done with this. Philadelphia 76ers, the process is over. Process we we won. We beat the process. Is the process going to break up, you guys think? Do you think this is the end for this current iteration of the Sixers? How different will they look next year? I think it ultimately just depends on Embiid and if he wants out. If he wants to go, then he's gone. But they're not going to just be like, all right, we need to get rid of Embiid now, guys. Like, this is an issue. No, no. Yeah, their objective is going to be to keep him. They're going to try yeah. to, like – I feel like if they – if they lose Harden, they the the what feels like a three to four year rumor now of getting Dame Willard might come into play there to play with him and just kind of play off of Maxi, like how Harden's been. They're gonna try to throw everything at him and with him. Yeah, see, to me, they're gonna have to get rid of Monty and oh sorry, not Monty, get rid of Doc. They could bring in Tim- Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring in Thibodeau. Thibodeau would he would absolutely be the worst thing for Joel Embiid and his body that often. He would get hurt by game twenty. <laughs> yeah, she couldn't survive. That's why that's why Randall's the man. I mean, not even though like Randall's ankles gave out on him because of Tom running him into the ground. Yeah, Fire. I think I, it's actually interesting you, you just brought up Randall again because I kind of wanted to liken him a little bit to James Harden in a weird way. Um, I understand all the hate that Harden's gotten in the past, um, especially when he was younger and the leader of the Rockets and even on some of those Nets teams. Um, but I feel like we're at a point in his career where people are fucking shitting on him to a point that's like beyond. Like he he single handedly dropped forty two and won them two playoff games. Yes. 
how much more are we expecting of this guy? I get it. It's a consistency problem. He can't be god-awful and amazing. Like, there's got to be some middle ground. Uh, but I guess, I don't know how much more you can expect from the guy. I'd be a little bit more concerned about Mr. MVP, who had, like, 15 games and looked like uh, Yusuf Nurkic out there in Game 7. Like, that, to me, was a little bit more concerning. Um, and is he able to capably lead a team to the conference finals? Because he's not done that yet. Uh, I think I compare it to Julius Randle because I just I don't what what do people expect? Julius Randle's not that good. Harden's not the same player he used to be. He deserves all the shit he got. But I just don't get at this point what people expect. Like he's not a superstar anymore. Talk on Embiid. Like, what is it about? Why isn't Embiid getting there? Quite like I, I, how I was looking at it, I feel like he couldn't decide how he wanted to play that last game out. I wish he was just abusing these like kind of shifty centers that the Celtics have in the post. But I feel like he just couldn't get comfortable. He couldn't decide how he wanted to score the ball. Well, to to me, it's similar. Again, it's funny that he's on the same team with Harden. It's a similar thing as Prime Harden, where Harden's game when he was in his prime was oriented a lot about going to the free throw line and drawing fouls. And in the playoffs, it's just not the same. You can't rely on that. You can't depend on the referees to blow their whistle. Yeah. There's going to be some contact, but the referees aren't going to be just blowing the whistle the same they do in the regular season. And Joel Embiid, it doesn't, it's nowhere near to the extent that Harden flops around and tries to draw fouls, but he does it. And that's a huge part of his game. And if he's not going to the free throw line, that takes away a huge part of his game. And he's like a 90% free throw shooter. So I don't know whether it is just to like realize when it's postseason time, maybe rely on your jumper a little bit more, just drive to the rim. Don't focus on drawing fouls. I don't know if he has it in him, but he has to realize that because James Harden never did. And it was an issue for him. And it still is. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I don't know how anyone could watch um, this entire thing and think that Harden was the reason that this team lost I, I, don't, I don't know how anyone no one no one with the right mind should think that um I think Embiid really let the team down honestly especially in the the closeout minutes of all those close games again besides the game five where they won every single game was relatively close you could see that any of them going the opposite way um but obviously yeah. besides game seven as well um but I, yeah I don't understand how if you're the MVP you're not just trying to figure out ways to just take over in big spots. And he seemed like he was much more okay with deferring to James Harden. And again, it won them game four, but it, it was, it, it was strange and it's, it's weird. The whole yeah. thing was very strange. It is weird. So maybe um, walking out of this game, myself watching, I kind of like to flip it. What I just did for you, Riley, um, looking forward with the Celtics. I just kind of asked you to look forward to the Knicks. I'm still kind of – I'm really excited for them, but I think they're key going forward. And I, I think what's promising is I think on paper they are the best team left, just talent-wise, going through the roster. I think they have the best one-two punch that is left. And I remember on this podcast you were saying, as the playoffs were starting, in order for them to go ahead and finally lift Larry O'Brien, Brown and Tatum are going to have to score at least 25-plus you know, per night out there to win, and that's what they were able to do. In game seven, do, do they have that in them going into the series against Miami? Do you think they can sustain that level of success like they showed in game seven? Well, so it's, it's really ironic because I said that I think both those guys are just going to have to be going off to like actually win. Right. And it seems like none of that has actually happened. It, it seems like at all times 
Jalen Brown is like, let me be the, the guy in the first half. And then Jason right. Tatum's like, well, I'll just be the guy in the second half of games, um, which is strange. But I, I'm I'm hoping that this entire thing is, is their wake-up call, um, that they really got to start playing aggressive. And I, I, I think hopefully Tatum now is just going to ride this high, um, and that would be wonderful. I, I don't know if we if we want to transition into the actual series preview. I I'm concerned with the lineups that are going to be rolling out there because they the smaller guard lineups have not been their strong suit right now. It's it's yeah. been what really actually helped them throughout the entire Sixers series. And it's, it's actually funny, Steve, because we brought it up when we was talking about it. Is I was like, oh, Rob Williams. I don't know about him, but. Once he got inserted to the starting lineup in game six on, like they were incredible and the, the team just flowed a lot better. But doing double bigs for the Miami Heat is not, doesn't seem like a great idea to me. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to expect. I, I would like to say that this uh, Celtics end up closing it out, man, but I don't know. The Heat are freaky. They have a good culture. Oh, my God. No, there was so, there's so many times that in public at places where other people who don't see me and know me as a, as a good person, a good friend that they podcast with, just strangers were seeing me curse the name Max Struess. He was just the, their, their level of ball just does kind of have right now random people getting hot. But I, I'm a firm believer this is the end of the road for them because they're. Uh, even though they kind of went, they first, can't keep getting away with it. I literally feel like Jesse, man. I'm gonna start screaming. I'm gonna start talking to the DEA to lock up these Miami cokeheads. It's had enough of it. They can't keep getting away with it, and they're not gonna keep getting away with it because, yes, they've been there before. They took the same, you know, Celtics team to seven last year, but they, they were a firmer team last year. I know they kind of were struggling in the regular season, and their playoff run was kind of improbable, like this year. But I think. This is going to seem a little backtracking on my own fandom, but I think the fact that the Knicks even took you guys to six, you should you should not be confident to play the Celtics. Both of these, you know, six the Sixers and Celtics are, are good, solid teams. The Heat are going to get trucked. So I, I well, I was I was just going to say, but I, I think my my big at the end of the day point with this entire thing is going to be that. I, I've, I've said it from the start is that if the Celtics come out and try to play serious and they actually feel like they need to be aggressive and win, they're yeah. going to win this series and they're going to win it in probably like five games. But if they are doing what they've been doing against these other teams where they just kind of sleep around on them, the Miami Heat are not going to just roll over. Like they're an aggressive team and they will eat, eat their lunch. So Unlike something like, I, I think, for example, uh, Philadelphia, who had the team to do it and the heart for the most part, and then it just kind of pittered away. The, I don't think Miami has the talent to do it, but they have the heart to. So, like, if the Celtics win, or Celtics lose the series, they have no one to blame but themselves because it, that just goes to show that they were just not taking this entire thing seriously at all. Yeah, I guess to me, this boils down to just like you brought up, it's the heart and energy and soul that Celtics team seems to be lacking from last year, which is what scares me because they had it last year and they, they 
went to deep waters and barely survived the heat last year. Uh, I don't think they have that heart and soul this year, which scares me. Uh, but I don't know. I just think there's something about this Heat team that's different from last year in terms of actual skill level. Um, like John, you brought up, there's just really no talent here. Um, and Riley, like I couldn't tell up, if that was going to be a positive or a negative. Oh, no, point. no, no. Uh, <laughs> they just don't have talent. Like, there's no Tyler Hero. Um, there's no – as much Bam, as like, games. Bam was really pissed me off in the Knicks series. Yeah, Bam, Bam actually – kind of fucking dominating us in an illegal way. I, I hate his screens. I hate um, his maybe like eight illegal screens a game, but for some reason he always gets away I'm with dudes in the balls. What's what's interesting though is Bam was really bad against Boston last year. And he yes. as annoying as he's been and was against the Knicks, he was fucking dominant. And if he plays really well, yeah. that'll be interesting to kind of see how that affects uh this series. Because, like I said, non-factor last year. Um, I think you guys, listen, you guys probably think I'm going to be rooting for the Heat uh, this series. Um, I'm going to pick the Heat. I think the Heat are going to do it. Only because I have said all year that the Boston Celtics do not want to play the Miami Heat. And I think when they get matched (laughs) up against them, there'll be a problem. So I'm sticking to that. I'm sticking by my guns. Um, I'm going with the Heat. But... I'm actually I'm actually going to be rooting for Boston in this series. The nice. one reason why, not because they beat my Knicks, I actually could give a shit less about that. I just have too much respect for basketball. And if this Miami <laughs> makes the finals, I'm going to be disgusted. I'm going to be disgusted. Right. It would be like the Golden Knights getting to the Stanley Cup in their first season ever. It's just what happened. Yeah, and, and the eight-seed Florida Panthers who are in the conference finals in the hockey right yeah. now. It's not it Things need to make sense. You can't have one just oozing with charisma should be on every kid's bedroom poster. Jimmy Butler, who just turns it on the postseason that pisses me off. It shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> make it stop. You can talk about it. Honestly, you know, I know you guys. You guys probably listen to a ton of other NBA podcasts besides our own. And I think the thing that you just keep hearing with the Heat is like, man, they just figure it out. In the playoffs, and I'm so tired of hearing of it. Like, you, I don't know. I feel like you can get technical with other teams, talk about what they're doing right. But the, every time anyone talks about the Heat, it's like, man, they just have that it factor. So I think you're completely right, Steve. But it does, and Riley, you're making the same points. It comes down to them, to the Celtics, just having a little bit more energy out there and acting like they have some swag. It's something to play for. I have noticed that the Celtics are getting a bit of, like, Clippers, Paul George, and Kawhi syndrome, where this was like, all right, now it's your turn to ISO, your turn to ISO. They need to, like, really just find some of that ball movement that they had kind of more like last year. So um, we're going to we're gonna see, Riley, any any major X factors that you'd like to highlight from your team? What, do you, what needs to truly stand out? All right, well, I, I think I should also just go back and bring this up, too, because I think the last time – Steve and I were talking, we talked a little bit about Marcus Smart um, and the contrib- the contribution that he brought to the team. He was actually incredible in game six and seven. Um, he single-handedly, besides, obviously not discounting Jason Tatum's incredible clutch buckets in game six aside, he was the reason they won that game because he was incredibly aggressive. And he yeah. his defense on James Harden in game seven, it's the reason that Harden was having so much struggle. So, I think if he, if Marcus Mark can continue to do that while also not being a net negative on offense, which we have kind of seen him be by just kind of taking a little bit too many shots, he's going to be a huge thing. So it's going to be 
keeping the ball out of his hands, but keeping him on the floor. And then also I'll say Rob Williams, just got to keep in there, kind of keep going with Bam. We got to make sure that we can get real minutes to help yeah. Al Horford sit around because yeah. Al's old, man. He's tired. He just had to do a lot with Embiid. So we need to give him a little bit of a rest. He need to be spotty. He's had like moments where it looks like this could be the long swim solution, but I think it's going to have to be more of the heavy lifting from Rob. But uh, Al did have a couple like incredible blocks on Embiid in Game Seven that were hyped. He kept cutting to his dad in the stands. I love that. Yeah, I mean the the the, the Heat. I think my big thing with the Heat again is that they they frustrate me so much. Like they're just so frustrating to watch. And it, it, I think you're you are right, Steve. Is I have been like, oh no, I don't want to. I don't want to face the Miami Heat like. <laughs> And it, it's funny that, like, I was cheering so hard for Atlanta in that play-in game. So I'm like, yes, that means you don't have to play the Miami Heat. And here we don't have to play them again anyway. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's insane. But um, yeah. I think one thing for the Heat, too, that I think is different about last year and why I think there's more uh, ammunition for them to win this series, um, we've heard so much um, throughout the past few years, specifically out of my mouth, I feel like, about Kawhi Leonard and the load management and – watch out because he's going to be well-rested for these playoffs, and then it just never even matters because he just either doesn't play or gets hurt in the playoffs. What has been fascinating to me about the Heat, and it fucking infuriated me all six games against uh, the Knicks, was how good Kyle Lowry was. And if you remember, yes. I'm pretty sure he got hurt towards the end of your series last year, and he pretty much turned into a non-factor. But he looks like Toronto – NBA championship Kyle Lowry out there right now and I think you kind of forget about it a little bit because he's coming off the bench and Gabe Vincent starting whatever but he's playing 30-35 minutes a game and he's fucking obnoxious and annoying and does all these little annoying fucking things and put that with Bam you put that with all these guys and it just I think it's going to frustrate these Celtics and the Celtics just need to stick to their game plan they need to stick to Jason Tatum posting up mid-range and letting the ball flow they can't go too happy with iso ball and slowing down the pace against the Heat. They need to run. They need to tire these old fucks out because they can't. If they play their game, if they let Jimmy cook, I think the Boston that Boston is going to be uh, in for this, awakening. This is just making me think of someone needs to create like a graphic that's like Pokemon evolutions, and like starter is Marcus Smart, the middle one is Kyle Lowry, and then the evolved form is Chris Paul because they're yeah. all but very similar. They all do the same yeah. things. Yeah, but they're all like ones just a little bit better progressively. Yeah, it wouldn't be in my fibers. I'm, uh, I really do think that the Heat are probably going to find a way to win this. Uh, but I'm, like I said earlier, I can't believe it, but I'm not rooting for them. Uh, I said I have too much respect for basketball, but I also have too much respect for the NBA Finals. And whether it is the Lakers or Nuggets, who we'll talk about coming out of the West, it just would be a much more fun and entertaining series if they're playing the Celtics than it would be if Jimmy Butler and the Heat get there. Because then I'll just be like dreading every game. Like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. All right. So you're picking the Heat in how many games? Heat in seven. Heat in seven? No, All Heat in right. six. Ah. Sorry, Heat in six. They're going to win it at uh, at their home floor. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm going to say Boston in six. Um, I think it, they're definitely going to get tripped up a couple of times by Miami. This Miami team is just going to catch them off. Off guard, I think early. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if Miami took at least one at home or one 
Boston. I think Miami's going to win game one. I think it's one of those classic Boston just went through a war, seven games, um, and obviously they're the better team, but the Heat have a little bit more rest, and not necessarily because of talent. I think the Heat are just going to come out. Kind of reminds me a little bit of how the Lakers came out against Golden State in game one after they went to war for seven games and kind of just went in there. They're like, we need to steal this one. Jimmy's going to be like, guys, we need to fucking steal this one or we're not winning the series. And I think they're going to go all out for it. And I think Heat are going to take game one, Boston will take game two, and then things will go from there. Malcolm Brogdon is just going to be able to distract him. His survivor will be on at the same time. He'll have no clue if Carolyn got voted out or not. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Right. Yeah, Joe, what are you picking? A complete cross section of all of our interests are happening Wednesday night. Um, I, I'm coming. I wanted to come out really hot. I was thinking about how I wanted to go on this one, but it is going to be hard for me not to say uh, six games. But it's going to be without a doubt the Celtics in six games. I was really feeling Celtics in five, but I do think that it's going to be six. I think we're going to find like ourselves having you know, having a Bam game. It's going to be a Bam game, but I think apart from that. There'll be a Vincent game for sure. That's terrifying to think about. There'll be a Bruce game. End up Jimmy Butler game. That's four. Wow, Miami just won. But it feels yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, but you didn't account for the for the Jason Tatum game and then the sneaky Malcolm Brogdon game. So it's going seven. Oh, so that's maybe. two. Okay, so four two Miami. Perfect. Just like I thought. Oh shit. <laughs> it's been fun. I like. I feel like a lot of these series. Like fighting myself, like having these horrible internal Jekyll and Hyde battles. Like I'm just, we'll, we'll get to it. I'm so happy the Lakers and Warriors series is over for everyone's mental health. Let's just go right into it. Let's just talk about <laughs> it. But yeah, I'm I mean, not happy it's over. I was talking to Steve. I can't wait. I think once the season's done, we'll we'll have to post about it. We need to treat ourselves to a hoop fiends pancake breakfast with all this flipping we've been doing. But yeah, mentally, I'm Celtics and heart, I'm Celtics. Uh, let's go right into um, – do we need to cap – Steve, what do you say? Do we need to talk any more about this Warriors-Lakers series? Would you like to revisit it at all? I mean, not really. If you guys want to, go for it. I don't have much I, else. I kind of feel good, too. I mean, we talked so much about it. Um, it Probably sucks. All... If he has some takes, he can. Well, but, what about uh, – How did you feel walking away from it, Riley? I, I mean, I just feel like we, we have to talk about LeBron, number one. Like why? Insane, because he was insane. He was That's insane. No, he's fine. He was no. incredible. It 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 just it's funny to think that like LeBron, like when you see these guys like Chris Paul, like in the Phoenix series when he was playing, which just looked like borderline unplayable, and like you know Melo is just sitting on the couch out of the league. Dwayne Wade, I don't even know where he is. But, like, LeBron's out here, and he's just, like, insane. He's, like, single-handedly, like, he's he's contributing in all different facets of the game at all parts of the floor. And, Steve, I, I think it's very important to see, like, what you were talking about earlier in terms of, like, player aggressiveness and team aggressiveness. I mean, the Lakers were riding high going into half at in game six, and it, they felt like they were kind of ready to walk away with it. But LeBron was like, no, we just need to keep the intensity going and keep the focus going. And he he is the reason that the Warriors got crushed. And every time they, they tried to take a step forward, LeBron just contributed in some way to take a step back. So even though Davis may have had the better stats for the series, I really put this one with LeBron. I put this one on Clay. That guy sucks. Yes, that's also that's true. Nice. I, that, that's just another thing that can't be overstated. When I, when I was thinking about this series, is that 
the Warriors are in in my mind like the only team that I can think of who they essentially just ran it back with the exact same roster as the one that won the NBA Finals, and they were just way worse. And I, it doesn't really make a lot of sense that like there yeah. was no big changes to their their team. Obviously, they lost uh, Wiggins, but then he came back. So I don't know. Now you can judge that. Pool was horrible. It was a weird year for them, honestly. Well, yeah, I think a lot of it was Pool and Thompson, and we can go to Pool in a second. But I feel like a lot of our narrative from last year's pod and riding the Warriors throughout their uh, championship run was you two not really liking what you see from Clay, me kind of defending him, and then ultimately I think kind of turning out to be right, and then him looking like he had a solid regular season this year, and it's like okay, I think there is like some Clay left, but I mean I like it was disgusting. Like that was yeah. Even in the King series, he wasn't good, but, I mean, he was shooting, like, 3 of 18. Like, what the fuck? That's that's worse than James Harden. That's worse than Julius Randle. It's worse than any of these guys that we've been talking about. And it's not like it was Julius Randle or James Harden level where they're just, like, picking up terrible shots. Klay Thompson is almost wide open, like, yeah. 90% of his shots, and he just misses every time. And there's it's just – you guys were just ahead of the curve. You were right last year. Um, I thought I was right for a brief time when they won, but you guys were just ahead of the curve. You're right. You just watched. John, the floor. This wasn't a, this was a difficult series for me. It's a lot of reasons. God, what the fuck's going on? Sorry, my dog's freaking out. <laughs> That's the, how I felt internally watching uh, – Watching Davis kind of proved me wrong. This series was a lot to handle, but they just proved to be too much for the Warriors. And I think he kind of – I wanted him to be even better, but it was his best playoff series, I think, in recent memory. He's, he's back. He's looking like he, he's been in the bubble. And uh, I have to I have to kind of eat crow a bit there. But on top of all, it, it is just kind of blowing me away to see this, like, Lakers team act like a, uh, like a hockey team almost. How a lot of people always say that. You know, in the NHL playoffs, you kind of just got to get hot at the right time. And they're just clicking at the perfect time. So, I think it's huge for the Warriors and kind of all the chat, the offseason chatter about them that they survived that first round to, you know, win the title. If you get booted in your first round next year, that kind of leaves a heavy mark. They, they got out of it, classic series, and they did put up a fight, but... Yeah, I think they need to truly restructure this Golden State team and capitalize on what looks like Steph still in his prime. I I think the I, first and foremost, I think the fact that you just continue to have what feels like a nothing on offense and Draymond Green needs to be addressed. Yeah, I, Steve, I'd actually I'd be curious to know your thoughts of like your Bob Myers. What are you What are you doing with this? Uh, I think they're fucked. I mean, what are they? They are like a billion dollars over the cap. Um, I I still am not in the same camp as you guys about Draymond. I still think he's incredibly valuable to that team personally. Oh, I'd keep Draymond. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think Clay's the issue, and how can you be like, all right, Steph, all right, Warriors, we're gonna get rid of this guy. Like, I I don't know how that goes down in the locker room. I don't know how that happens. I think what somebody needs to do is be like, all right, Clay, you're coming off the bench. Maybe and like hope that works, but I don't know. I, I think you right. have to, I think you have to trade Pool too. I think you have to trade Kaminga, Moody, and all the young guys and try and bring in a guy who can win now. Because it's either move on from Steph because you want to build around those guys eventually, or try and capitalize on Steph's time now. And Kaminga, 
is upset about playing time. He's valuable. Moody gave him some good minutes. I'm sure you can get something for him. You need to try and win now and trade these guys. I think that's their only option. Yeah, I want to take a mini victory lap on that because I remember we were talking about the uh, their entire draft of those guys. I was like, I think this Moody guy is going to be really good. I was in on him, and now he's he looks like the Jonathan Wigan just does not play. Moody looks great. Um, Poole, I don't really know what you do with because it, what's funny is like I feel like I was one of his biggest haters on the on the podcast right now, but I feel like there's got to be some value left there somewhere that he can contribute to this team. Right. I I think I'm with you, Steve. Though that I like, think it's good for him. I think yeah, he'll, he, I think he could be really good somewhere else still, but I think on this team, I think it's done. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, maybe you just package the three of them together for Julius Randle and you see what happens. I'm down. No, you're not down for that. I like Jordan Poole. <laughs> I do too. I think he could get a, a good fit, but I think he just kind of did fall off. I also still really like Kaminga too. I just don't think the Warriors, with their wanting to win now, ever yeah. had a chance to develop him. And you see, you saw it with James Wiseman. They He just didn't have a chance to develop in Golden State. He goes to Detroit, and he was pretty awesome for the time he had there. Yeah, yeah. These guys are good. They're just not yeah. good there. No, Steve, I, like... I completely agree. They're so much better off to just package off. But exactly what you guys are both saying. Like, I don't think there's – I don't think for the timeline of this team, it would be incredibly worth it for them to just invest in these guys that a lot of, a lot of question marks kind of put over their heads, package them, and just see what, like, the upset superstar market looks like and – Try to bring in anybody. Like, yeah, they, well, they could get Cat. That'd be fun. He'd be good there. Shoots threes. Yep. But I think like, I'm with you, Steve. Like, I would rather be like, all right, Clay, like, you got to go somewhere else. Like, I'd rather keep coming good and moody. <laughs> like, that, like, I think Clay is like the real, like, down factor here. Um, and yeah, especially I, if, I like, just... those reports are true that if he wants to max, like, yeah, that's he's crazy. Uh, oh, my God. I don't think anyone's given him that. No. No. All right. Well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm I, now I'm done. I now I've said all my pieces about the Warriors. So let's talk about the the past. You know, the, the end of the team that the Lakers will meet heading into the Western Conference Finals. How how confident are you guys feeling about our fan favorite Denver? I mean, I still hate to be like this loser, right? Who after LeBron just dismantles my favorite or my second favorite team and my favorite player. I'm still feeling like the Lakers aren't that good. I feel like the Nuggets are still the best team and best play the best yeah. team basketball in the league. Um, I think Jokic is the best player in the league right now. And I, I just think they're going to beat the Lakers. I think they're just way better. And my philosophy about that going into the last round about which teams I just thought were way better didn't work. Um, almost all of them lost. Uh, but here we go again. I'm just saying it. I think the Nuggets are way better. I think they have the best player. And I'm feeling pretty good about the Nuggets personally. Yeah, I, I, I want to briefly circle back in onto, like, the the Suns Nuggets series because I, I want to apologize because I, I think I remember Steve and I had a conversation being like, oh, man, like, maybe Booker and Durant could actually, like, single-handedly, two of them, like, take this entire thing over and win. And then, like, immediately after the, the game that was on ended and, like, they lost and then Game yeah. 7 happened and Booker and Durant were both horrible. Um, so Suns are an absolute mess right now. I, we don't even have to talk about Just that. Right. You, you guys don't want, but um, you, I, I'm very excited for the Western Conference Finals. Honestly, the Nuggets are playing 
incredible. I think it, it's going to be really interesting to see how a team like the Nuggets, who their offense is what makes them so special, versus like uh, going against a team like uh, the Lakers, who actually have like a pretty decent defense. It's going to be interesting to see Davis on Jokic, and this is again if, if you, Davis is going to come have to come out and play aggressive and play like oh, yeah. a dude who wants it, because otherwise Jokic is going to eat him alive. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up uh, the end of that Sun series, Riley, because when I actually get into my analytical point of view on the series, more so than better team and better player win, uh, it actually, I think it was a little bit more saying about the Nuggets than it was about Durant and Booker at those last couple of games, um, because I don't think they necessarily played badly. I think Denver just defended those two superstars really, really well, using Aaron Gordon, using Bruce Brown, and using a bunch of their defensive guys. Even Michael Porter Jr. was playing solid defense. KCP, I think we all like KCP. He does some really good stuff on defense and had an awesome offensive game six. Um, I think they'll be able to implement some of those same strategies um, against the Lakers and be able to limit LeBron in ways that a lot of these teams that he's gone up against haven't been able to. Like LeBron playing against the Grizzlies was going up against Xavier Tillman. Uh, against the Warriors, he was going up against uh, Andrew Wiggins with like a broken rib and who hadn't played in years and a lot of Draymond Green, whatever. Um, I think Aaron Gordon is, at this point in his career, a really, really good defender and going to be able to do a lot of things that those guys weren't and just be able to limit him a little bit. And then on AD, listen, I know people love to say Jokic is not a good defender, whatever, say what you want about the guy. But one, he tries, and two, he's fucking massive. AD was going up against, again, Jaron Jackson, Defensive Player of the Year. Say what you want about him. I don't think he was big enough to handle AD, and he's not going to be like super speed, super flying around Jokic. But just the fact that he's big, I think, is actually going to play a big, big deal because AD was just more bigger, faster, more athletic than everybody he was going against. And, yeah, Jokic isn't going to be able to keep up with him either. But just the fact that he's bigger and just going to put a wear and tear on his body, I think AD – maybe not gets hurt. I'm not going to predict an injury because that'd be lame, but I just think he's not going to be able to dominate as much as people think he's going to. I certainly don't. <laughs> of course you don't. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm actually, I'm going to bite my tongue because anytime that I start to give a team like real shit, they end up winning a title. So I'm going to stop and not doubt them so much. I do get a little fearful of just like the LeBron factor of all this. I think that he could, has been turning it on so much more. And I think that, one of the weaker spots of the Nuggets is with their small forward position. So I think LeBron could just kind of dominate there. But it's really hard to actually try to find a case for the Lakers. And, you know, we're, we are unified on this front. The Nuggets have just been playing a really complete um, game this entire playoff series. And I actually have been really impressed with seeing Jamal Murray come to light. That was a real question for me because we just haven't seen him play meaningful playoff basketball in years now and he's he closed out that sun series really impressively so they're uh I, I feel good about them going to this series i think it's been a fun run for the lakers it's going to be important when we look back at lebron to see him make another conference championship but this is it for them yeah well that, i think that's interesting because while well, you're right that i think the the nuggets have just been feeling very dominant this entire playoff run like don't you also feel like the the Lakers have looked like very solid too? Like, I I I I mean, obviously I don't, I don't none of us picked them. 
None of us picked them to make the Western Conference Finals, but like, no. I really didn't think Reeves was this good. Honestly, I really didn't no. think Rui Hachimura was this good. Uh, Dilo is actually he he's for some reason he's been able to like save all his shitty games. He hasn't really had any many yet, so maybe he's all due for a bunch of them now. I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm picking. I think the Nuggets can win that will win this, but. I don't. I'm not like 100 percent certain, honestly. Like I, I've been very impressed with what I've seen with the Lakers, and it pains me to say that. But it, yeah. it has been, and it's it's crazy to see two play-in teams in the conference finals. Like I, they were getting buried, even like a little bit after the All Star game, people were starting to bury the Lakers. Yeah, like I said earlier, it's just lame of me to be thinking this way, but I really had zero belief in that Grizzlies team and wasn't impressed by anything the Lakers did to them, and then I. I it's just lame to say, like, oh, my God, like, if Clay Thompson shot maybe, like, 35% from the field, I don't even think they win that series. Um, if you tell me Jamal Murray's going to go out and shoot three for 18 every game, then, yeah, the Lakers are going to win. But I assume Jamal Murray will be a competent basketball player, and I assume, like, Bruce Brown, who's – it's weird to compare him to Jordan Poole, but he's their sixth man and, like, most important player off the bench. And if he – becomes unplayable by the end of the series, like Jordan Poole became in that Warriors series, like, yeah, the Lakers are going to win. But I don't think those two things happen to the Warriors because of, wow, look at what the Lakers are doing to them. No, they just fucking mentally collapsed. And I don't see that happening to the second and third most important players on Denver. Um, I could only maybe see that happening to Michael Porter Jr. Because like, it's already kind of happening, and maybe he costs them a game or two. But I think everyone else on that team is too mentally tough. Um, and I think Jokic is just going to be able to do and pick things at will. I don't see – another thing I wanted to bring up, um, we saw the Warriors have really, really great success running a pick and roll with Steph Curry and Gary Payton against Anthony Davis. Imagine that with fucking Jokic and whoever else. Like, it's not going to be Gary Payton finishing at the rim. It's going to be Joel mm-hmm. Murray. It's going to be Michael Porter Jr., Bruce Brown. Like, Gary Payton was the only competent guy enough to like be able to roll to the rim and finish a layup. Uh, I just don't see the pick and roll uh, defense going to be, uh, unless they're going to, the Lakers are going to have to do something weird, whether it's moving Anthony Davis, putting him on Aaron Gordon. I could see that working, uh, but him on Jokic is just not going to work. I think Jokic is going to be able to eat his lunch. I know we've said that a few times. Um, well, whereas everyone's like, Oh, Anthony Davis. It's just a fun great, phrase. Yeah. Great defensive player. Like, <laughs> they're going to be able to put him on Jokic. People are crazy. I don't think it's going to work at all. Davis has oh, – this is so weird. He has been really good defensively this whole postseason. So I don't think it's like – I know it's going to be a bit of a mismatch, and he didn't completely make mincemeat of Jaron Jackson. But in that other series, like, as you've been mentioning, Steve, but he has been like really like looking like the former defensive player of the year candidate that he used to be. Well, no, I completely agree. I'm not saying like he's trash on defense. I'm saying but it's Jokic. Yeah, he's going against Jokic. He's yeah, right. He's not going to be able to guard the best offensive player. Because where, exactly. where where Anthony Davis thrives is when he's coasting in the paint and like locking it down and not letting anybody drive. If they're putting him on Jokic, yeah, he exactly. moves all over the place. He shoots threes. He's not going to be able to do that like he was against Draymond and like he was guarding Xavier Tillman on the other end. Like, he was just able to fucking lock the paint down. They're going to have to probably put him on Aaron Gordon. I expect him to be guarding Aaron Gordon a lot. That way he could sag off and still protect the paint. Maybe it's going to be like Vando on Jokic. Darvin Ham's really smart, and I think he's going to be doing stuff like that, where, again, like I said, everyone's like, oh, Jokic AD, can't wait for this matchup. 
It's gonna be like a lot of this Giannis. Is, is that supposed to be me? No, 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 absolutely not. Uh, where a lot of people, when the Bucks make a big run, right? It's like, oh, I can't wait to see Giannis and Jimmy Butler guarding each other. But Giannis just never guards the best player. Sometimes no, never has. Of Budenholzer, but I think Darwin Ham is going to be smart enough not to even bother with AD on Jokic because you'd be, you'd rather have AD roaming the paint and playing great paint defense like he's done all postseason. We'll see if I'm on the same brain length as Darvin Ham. We'll see. But I think if he is matched up against Jokic, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I don't really think Davis is going to be able to pick up Jokic midcourt for 40 minutes a night. Yeah. That's going to be – that's that'll be nuts. But, um, yeah, that that's that's a great point. I, I, I just think it, it, it's interesting in the sense that, like, you know, you see these two big guys out there and you see a guy who's – known for being the best offensive player in the league and see Davis who again is pretty good when he when he's dialed in he's pretty great on both ends um he's probably like one of them like one of the more one of the better two-way players when he's actually locked in locked in that just is so rare that no one really gives him credit for it anymore but um yeah I think you're you've got an interesting point is that I I think I feel like a lot of people myself included have been like kind of enamored by how consistent some of the deep players on the Lakers bench have been. But honestly, like the Nuggets have, have like one of the deeper teams in the league besides the Celtics, I would say they have like seven or eight guys who actually think are like pretty good. Yeah. I trust a lot of their guys just as much as I trust the Lakers guys personally. Yeah. What do you think will be the, uh, like take your, take fandom away. What will be the most exciting series just for pure basketball Having will be the most fun to watch. Lakers Celtics, just because of the history. But I don't want that. I'll say I, I will, uh, for the conference championships. It will be. Oh, like, oh sorry. Just before we have. No, it's okay. We can talk about that too. Oh, I don't want to watch any of Boston Miami. Like I, I don't want to watch any of that. <laughs> wow. See, the Heat are so bad, Steve. That you're like, I'm, I'm good. Like I don't want to watch it. Yeah, like I, like I don't need to see them grind out a ninety to eighty two win. Like I'm okay. Like what happened to you, man? You used to love this stuff. I do, I do, but also <laughs> the issue is that like I just I've seen it the past like three years. Like I don't want <laughs> over it. Man. I'm with you. I'm just like I, I, and I'm like the last one who likes that. Like I'm the last. <laughs> I jumped off the ship. Like we don't need this again. If Steve's turned on them, America's turned on them. <laughs> yeah. There's no one I love it. This is all. And I that's what disgusts me is I really think they might win. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> Dude, no way. What a change of heart. I did not expect my big question to open up the pod to go this way, but I love to see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so do, do we want to? Can we give a final pick yes. for this series, um, Steve? I, 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 I want to hear your closing thoughts here. Yeah, I'm going uh, Nuggets in two. I'm going Nuggets in five. Uh, I think they – I don't think they're going to lose at home. I think they're going to win all three games at home. I think they steal one in L.A. And I think a lot of people are just giving this Lakers team way too much credit in the media, and I just I just don't buy it. Let, let my biases speak. It's fine. Um, I, just, I, think it's, I think this is Jokic's year. I really do, and I think there's a lot of people that are just like, oh, like I just brought up, Lakers-Celtics, that's what the NBA wants. They want all that history. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen. I like that, man. You know, I'm going to piggyback off that. I, I, I'm i with you. I'm, well, let's let's do Nuggets in five. Yeah, they'll probably win. They're so good. 
at home. They haven't lost at home all season. Yeah. They're the best yeah. home record all year. I'm I'm finding it hard to believe that LeBron's gonna find a way. Yeah. I think the games will be close. But yeah, I'm gonna I'll say Nuggets in five there. I'm with you. I I have just been a bit impressed and shocked by this Lakers team and they're on quite what feels almost like a historic run just for the first time that we've had a deep playing team make a run. So they're gonna they're gonna give a bit of a push. It's gonna be Nuggets in six. That, just to be the contrarian a bit. But I, I it feels so good to have my head and heart aligned with both these series we've picked. So yeah, I'm a Nuggets in six and Celtics in six. Let's see it. Wonderful, wonderful. I, I do wanna say before we transition out of entire basketball and I feel like we have to talk a little bit about the Suns wild weekend because I'd be remiss if we didn't bring the whole thing up. Um, I, how do we want to deal as a Suns hater podcast? How do you want to open this? John, you can start. You can have the floor here. Well, we're smoking that Suns pack. We've been, we have receipts, we have evidence, and I have the right, finally this time, the right coach fired. Monty Williams is out in Phoenix. He did get fired. He is yeah. confirmed. He, he is confirmed. Unemployed, he's collecting checks. Maybe he'll come and be the next head coach. But um, but it feels good. I uh, I don't know. I was like, I don't know how you guys felt about this, but and it's like, it is. I, I sound like I'm just trying to be a hater to be a certified hater, and that definitely is what we can be on this pod from time to time. But during like th- that two game stretch where Booker was going stupid, and that game five of Suns Nuggets was incredible because you got like the one of the best playoff losses ever out of Jokic. Putting up 51, but then you had Durant and Booker with, you know, identical 36-point games. And all the praise for Booker was just his efficiency. But I just – I think this team will have to switch things up a bit, and they're going to have to get so much deeper. And I think they will get better as Durant and Booker just, you know, form more of a (laughs) – start playing alongside each other, even though I was trying to push the Durant-Booker beef where there was none, really. But um. (laughs) They're just going to have to really beef up their team because when you have Chris Paul kind of just fall to injury like he has so many times throughout his career, you need to have more of a uh, fail-safe and kind of look like the team that they used to when they still had Mikhail, Cam Johnson, and everyone to fill out this roster. So they're they're not there yet, and I unless they make some changes, I am not excited for them in the upcoming season. Get rid of eight. That's my take. Just, uh, I, I think I have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they like fake trade last year. They were like, "You're a Pacer." Never mind. No, no, that wasn't even a trade. He was he signed with the Pacers. He's like, "I'm out of here." And they're like, "No, actually, we're, we have we're bringing you back." Well, that's more funny. money. It's funny you mentioned that because I actually I brought this up on the pod with Corey. I was like, as much as I hate DeAndre Ayton, and we all hate DeAndre Ayton, the Suns are to blame a little bit because he's like, "I'm out." I'm, I don't want to be here. Let me leave. And they're like, no, you stay. You're, stay. <laughs> You're staying. And he's like, what do they expect? Like, right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so, like, clearly they're siding with him, though, because they fired Monty Williams. They're like, nope, he's out. Monty yeah. Williams and DeAndre Ayton are the ones who hated each other. So maybe maybe Ayton's actually hanging around. Yeah, true. Good point. Lives to fight another day. Um, yeah, the whole thing is nuts. Um, they need to get real NBA players. I think that's that's the big that's the big thing. Um, and, and Booker isn't clutch. I'm sorry, we've learned that they blew that a two zero lead against the Bucks in the finals, and they did it again when it would matter. They were praising him for efficiency, and he laid a duck in games in game six. I think that's a little much. John, you were just a 
certified hater. <laughs> <laughs> Look at he, he didn't show up to play in game six, and everyone is like going on talking about how like oh we. All right, so I I feel like we tried to not, not to mention the Ringer a lot in this podcast. We listened to a lot of Ringer pods. They were losing their minds over Devin Booker. And again, rightfully so. He played great, but they're talking about how it's messed up about how all year long we weren't calling him a top five player. And that's because he wasn't a top five player all year long. He had a couple really great playoff games. You know who also had a really couple great playoff games throughout their career? Matthew Delvadova, Jamal Murray. <laughs> and we didn't freak out and talk about how they're going to be you know, certified locked in top five. He is a perennial top six to ten player, and I need to see a lot more before I talk <laughs> about so really good, the though. future of this league. <laughs> that's really one good. off from five. He's, He's not, not top five, but he might be six. <laughs> There's a big difference, Devin. Oh, we need that. I need that on like a t-shirt. The first two queens merch should be that. Devin Booker's <laughs> not top five, but he might be six. He's really on a good day. But a lot of the times, he's not going to win you shit. Because we always talk about that tier of guys, right? With Tatum, Mitchell, and Booker. It's definitely not Tatum. Uh, he's not two or three. He's one. And maybe it's Mitchell at three. And Booker's straight in the middle. <laughs> I went about that a little bit of a roundabout way. But you, you can't just, I don't know, people were freaking out. I really had no confidence they'd win that series. Because Jokic went off in the, in the game they lost. Game five. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think he's, like, really good and took a step this year. And I just think it spoke a little bit more to their lack of depth than it did about how bad he is to why they lost. I agree with that. <laughs> but um, I, I think they're going to be right back, back there next year. And now I'm actually more confident in taking the Suns to win the NBA <laughs> Finals next year than what you just said. No, I've never felt more sure about anything. They're going to struggle. Well, well, that's the thing. It's always been weird to me. And I think we never really talked about it enough. And I, I know Jake DeGruccio brought it up on the pod. But when he was like, yeah, like the Suns are like, every, like every, they all think they're contending for next year, that this Garantra is built for like next year. And right. Nine, but like, but like, I mean, you guys all saw like Chris Paul this year. Like he didn't look good. He looked bad. He looked old and he looked inconsistent. I don't really trust him to be up there uh, hanging around with one more year to run it back with like consistent effort. I think that that's going to be tough. So you already kind of losing be part of it next year. I wouldn't be surprised if they moved on from him. Oh, really? You think he's he's out of it? Not necessarily just because of like he wants out or anything. I think that may be a case of like the Suns being like, all right, we can't rely on this guy. We want to build around Devin Booker. We want to build around KD. We need to save salary elsewhere, and let's try and move on from him while we can. I don't know if, unless he's like down to come back in a limited capacity, which I don't know if he would be down for that. Uh, but I think he might not even be part of it next year. If I had to say a gun to my head, what if they hired him as the coach? <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. They're like, all right, you are now the coach. You've <laughs> been watching Monty the entire time. You can figure it out. I'll be on board with that. Oh, Devin Booker really did have such a good series, except that last game. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was incredible. Okay, uh, it scored 12 points in game six. I, I got to move on, but. All right. Um, uh, well, before we close it out, I think 
we so we have the Western Conference Finals starting tomorrow. But then right before that is probably probably the biggest draft lottery of the past I don't know twenty years. Um, it, it's yeah. the time where we finally get to watch the lottery balls all fall and see. Well, we don't. We actually don't. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We just watch tell anyone. us what happened because we rich. see Mark Tatum hold a bunch of cards in front of his face. Um, but we're we're gonna find out who is going to be lucky enough to get the rights to draft Victor Victor Wembanyama. Who I, I don't really know if we've talked about him that much on the pod, but um, he is incredible. I don't know. Just like go watch like a YouTube video of him. He's insane. He's like seven two, and he can like play like you know like Jokic it's it's unreal yeah he's Jokic Kevin Durant and uh Tim Duncan all in one he's well, like, like literally and Steph yeah with, with shades of LeBron yeah <laughs> shades of Steph Curry maybe even some Devin Booker in there too um uh, no he's only top six <laughs> <laughs> he's only got six players uh all right so I, I I wanted to uh Close this out with asking each of you guys what team of the the ones in the lottery do you think you would like to see him land on the most and why? So, Steve, you could start. Uh, well, so it sucks because I feel like there's some easy answers. Um, like, I feel like you could go, like, the Magic or OKC just because both those teams with young cores um, obviously would be awesome to add to. But I'm going to stick with, like, teams that have more of a like, actual realistic chance. Uh, I'm actually going to say Portland. Um, that was what I was going to say. Oh, nice. They, well, then we could go together. Um, yeah. I just think giving him – giving like, I don't – everyone's talking about Dame leaving. I don't know why this year is different than the past eight years. Um, I feel like he's just not going to leave. Um, and I think giving him, like, a superstar generational talent, um, making him relevant again would be a lot of fun. Um, and then who knows where they would go from there because they do have a lot of pieces like Simons, like uh, Shaden Sharp. So they could probably trade for somebody else as well if they really wanted to compete. I think that'd be the most satisfying uh, to me in terms of the teams that have a really good chance. Yeah. I, I wanted to add on to that too, is like, it, it's kind of been flown under the radar because no one cares about the Portland Trailblazers, but they're in like pretty much the same situation as the Golden State Warriors, except just infinitely sadder because, yeah. like, they have, like, this old core in Dame who just, like, wants to win so bad and he wants to stay and he's putting – he's just doing incredible. But then they also have all these young guys with a lot of promise that, like, can't get on the floor because, like, Dame and Jeremy Grant have to, like, take up time. <laughs> so, like, they need to, like, just, like, either, like, figure out what they want to do and just go in all with the old guard or go in all with the new guys – and Wembenyama getting in is kind of like, like a complete like net positive for both of those things because he's young and he can help the young guys help contribute and be on there for a long time. But he can help them contend right away with Dame. I think it'd be great to see Dame like stick to his roots and like be like, I'm not leaving ever. Like I'm waiting for my right time. And then the time finally falls into his lap <laughs> with Victor Wembenyama to kind of come do it. So that'd be cool. I, They'd, I mean, they have like a pretty good chance. They what, like eleven percent, something yeah, like that. Like, got at it. Yeah, yeah. It could happen, uh, John. What are you thinking? It's just about as good a chance as the Pelicans did to squander our dreams when there was a seance and. Well, turns out I think we got the best player out of those three. 
Oh God! Yeah, yeah. In terms of actually, <laughs> in terms of being on the floor, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. he plays basketball. John the best, of, the best ability is availability, and RJ Barrett's gonna, you know, he's gonna get his ten points when it matters the most. Thanks, man. <laughs> Fuck the God! Hold on, I need to clock myself and focus. Um, yeah, I mean, God, that kind of is what I really wish I went with when I was, you know, looking at the outline tonight. I wish I picked the Trailblazers. They're my former. Uh, favorite Western Conference team, but I really have, just for the sake of mental health, had to move on from that for the past few years and just kind of ride the Denver bandwagon. But that would be awesome to see and just to kind of see that fall on the Dame's lap. Um, looking at other teams that have really high odds, I think, honestly, I would really not like to see him go to the Rockets. I just think that would be chaos. They have, like, too many other potentially good things happening. So I'm going to go with the most, like, boring butter you know bread and butter pick with the pistons because i think just seeing him and Cade play off of each other could be really fun just see this guy get teed up with a great point guard and uh, i feel like Cade, we know what we're getting going forward i feel like he is actually tried and tested for like he's not gonna you know flop at this point so to see him start to go into a system like that would be a lot of fun so let's let's get victor to the motor city the idea of Cade. Jaden Ivey and Wembenyama, like all together, is so cool and so fun that like it almost can't happen. Yeah. Like it, like it's like that would just be right. that would like break TV. I feel like I, I'd be like, I don't want to watch the Celtics game tonight. I'd rather watch the Pacers Pistons game. <laughs> yeah, what if um, they just go to the finals? It's just this is them in Phoenix. If they, be... if, if the Pistons won the lottery too, it'd be funny to like see the fallout of that because. I think the the Pistons have the biggest group of big men like on in the NBA right now. They have Wiseman, they have Jalen Duran, they have Marvin Bagley, and they have Isaiah Stewart. Some of those better than others. Obviously, none of them nearly as good as one Banyama, but it would be interesting to see like what they would do. They're like, okay, well, we have right. these guys, and there might be some buy low opportunities if that were to happen. Um, I don't know who would take advantage of that, but that would be interesting. I like Jalen Duran a lot. The yeah, Duran is good. good. Yeah. I, I just I don't know I'm trying to rack my brain I don't know if like we've ever seen like a guy with a ceiling as high as Cade at such a young age team with a guy sitting as high as Victor Wembanyama right. I guess it would be like Shaq and Petty Hardaway in the '90s That's like the only thing I think of Yeah Um I don't know. The, the the other thing that I wanted to bring up because I I can't tell if it would be really awesome or really shitty. Um, is there's a three percent chance that the Dallas Mavericks also oh, end up winning that. the lottery? Fuck I don't think the NBA would ever allow that. After but, what um, they did, it, fuck that. Yeah, I that think could, that could have been the next. <laughs> Luca would get upset and leave and not play a game with him. That prima donna can't handle <laughs> someone else being important. <laughs> you think Luca would be? No, I we we take, <laughs> I have too much help now. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out. God, how awesome would an OKC be, though? I I, I touched OKC on OKC would be great because now they're going to have to – I mean, a combination, Riley, of um, just talent at a young age being promised together. I guess we haven't even seen, like, if Chet Holmgren is legit or not, but, like, him and Shea and Giddy. Giddy just had a coming-out party last year. OKC became a league pass must-watch. So, if he if, – I mean, there's a chance he could work. What are their odds? I haven't pulled up, but my – They probably like 1%. 1.7%. 1. 1. Yeah. Like, I guess it really won't happen. Yeah, it's just a dream. That would be awesome. And then, uh, before we go, I have to mention this because it would have been my pivot 
Um, if I didn't get to say the Blazers and we didn't talk touch upon them, I love big men, and the thought of Sorry. the thought of him, Walker Kessler and Laurie Markinen as a front court and a building block for Utah would actually be really cool. I think that would be sick. That could be cool. What are that the lowest cool. all time like odds to sneak in there for the number one overall pick? Was it the was it the back to back Penny and Shaq? I feel like there was one when the the one that the when Cleveland got Wiggins that was like incredibly low too. I remember. Um, I don't remember what the yeah, actual. I remember that being bullshit. It's like oh LeBron, like this is dumb. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, he, he, my like hot take, and this is gonna sound weird because I'm like a Magic guy. I like don't want that. I don't really want him to go to the Magic because yeah, I I think to Steve's point of like. How can the Pistons operate with all these big men? Is how can like how can Orlando match up with all these wings? Like they have too many guys like that are just like like Paolo would have to be like the point guard. <laughs> Bull Bull would be point guard. <laughs> yeah, they'd have Bull Bull, Paolo, Franz, Wendell. Victor Wembanyama, and Wendell Carter. Yeah, that's <laughs> huge. And that. then Jonathan Isaac, maybe. I'm actually way too excited for the lottery. I'm I'm. Of course, it's funnier the Knicks aren't in it, but at least I don't have to get my hopes up because it would have been fun to at least have like a two percent chance and like pray. The other, the other one. I mean, if the if the Spurs get him, I feel like that that one kind of also makes sense. Like I, I could see him as he a seems like a spur. Yeah, I don't know why that this one like bores a... me. That one would bore me the worst. Like I don't know if I'd watch any Spurs games, even if he made it there. Which is the so that's the place you don't want him to go. Well, no, Houston doesn't. No, don't go to Houston. I think that'd be a disaster. But Charlotte, I would but they have Ime. They have Ime, the great coach. Oh, and James Harden coming too. No, oh. no. I saw that on Bleacher Report this morning, and that just pissed me off. <laughs> Johnny, sound, you're you're so mad. I sound like the I sound like the worst version of myself. I slept on, I slept on a fucking couch last night in my own home. <laughs> You're falling apart. Sucks. Yeah, I, I hate to see him on Charlotte because I feel like nothing good happens there. I like forgot they to... weren't even an option. <laughs> hey, well, can can you guys give me a live reaction on just to what you guys would say if the Washington Wizards ended up with the number one overall pick? I would just hear, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's our intern. <laughs> I go, Josh. You just jinxed his career. He's fucked. You go, fuck. Awesome, awesome. We we needed that. I'll ask. That him. would be. I'll ask him to record a live reaction if they get him. Yeah, like if they end up getting to that place where you see like their name in the top four, just record like the second half so we could hear him. Like what they get. Need this. That might not be now. I need this. The airwaves, but um. I hope they get close. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, a little, little research. So, it is uh, the back to back penny to Shaq. The Magic only had a 1.5% chance. But the way the Bulls landed, D Rose, they had a 1.7% chance. So, some fun facts for you to close out the podcast. Uh, pod. Anything could happen except the Knicks getting them, unfortunately. Let, let's get frisky in OKC. That'd be too much fun. Way too much. All right. I think we're done here. Yeah. This was great. Just rambling about nonsense. I think it's just because it's the first time the three of us are all recording together in, in a week. 
So we're just too excited. Um, I can't wait to continue to see how these series grow. I, I do really, really overall a uh, quick last thing to post to you guys. Have you guys been having this? Has this been a fun NBA postseason? No. I think it's been great. <laughs> no, it's been horrible. I've actually never hated a postseason more than this one. I'm not gonna lie. We'll talk about that next week, but I'm gonna <laughs> say it's been it's been pretty fun. Uh, Steve, what what has been fun is your coverage. I've been just absolutely blown away by you constantly as a man, as a podcaster. You've been rocking to so many guests on. What else can everybody look forward to in the coming weeks? And where can they find us? Um, just me breathing and surviving and trying to live my everyday life without. Uh, Steph Curry, not losing to LeBron. Uh, you can follow us at at HoopMeansPod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, that's pretty much it. Goodbye. Bye. Back with another episode.